It's Wednesday, baby. It's hump day. And you know, I got my I got my swagger back, man. My guest today, he really inspired me to get back into my to my old bag where I put my good clothes on when I come to pod. And I got a special guest today, Mr. Joshua Coleman. We're gonna talk about the social peaches society. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. I think you all are absolutely going to love this conversation. But before I bring him in, hey, 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 it's the big baby. And I'm back and I'm potting. And I got my special guest here, Mr. Colum. How are you doing today? Just right. Just right. How are you, sir? Man, I'm amazing. I'm, you know, I'm happy to have you here, you know. It's a pleasure, pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I have been trying to get on the podcast with you guys for a long time now. Um, I see what you've been doing with the society as well. Um, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Big steps in your footsteps. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for having me again. Uh, no problem. And I, and I really appreciate you for reaching out. So we can have this conversation because I think it's an important conversation. And as someone who who likes to push back on the status quo, pushing back against uh, conservative America, trying to open up people's eyes to look at things from a different perspective. I think this conversation here is definitely going to go another step further because we're going to talk about some things in a way that I've never talked about on this podcast. And forward to it man i'm looking forward to learning so backstory let's talk about who you are well um i am joshua um i did graduate from cass high school um so did the baby goat obviously isn't that right yes sir all right all right well it looks like um i've had many many ventures um gosh too many to tell but growing up here in the deep south um you know, we are the Bible Belt. Um, we do believe in uh, God first, then family, then friends. Um, if I'm wrong, please, please admit it. I'm wrong. I think we have a weird um, understanding of God in the South. We do. I mean, everybody has a weird understanding of who they who they believe their higher power is. Put it that way. Um, I don't want to offend any cultures. I don't want to offend anybody that preaches to Buddha or St. Mary or any of those cultures. I don't want to offend anybody. That's not my job. Fair. My job My job is to educate. My job is to intervene. My job is to make an evolution come around. Not a revolution, but an evolution. And sometimes you might need a revolution, but it's all where you stand. Everyone has a voice. But a little bit more backstory about me. Um, I graduated in 2012. Um, you graduated a couple of years before me, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And um, I was very involved in the theater, the arts. Um, that's a lost society that people are losing every day in the public school, which is not great at all. It's not great. Um, a lot of the funding that's going towards, you know, most of the sports or extracurricular activities as far as basketball, baseball, um, you've got volleyball, you've got a lot of these sports that the kids are not getting an outlet towards the arts. They're not getting, they're not getting their voice heard. And that's what we're all about. I mean, everybody has a voice, learn how to use it. And once you learn how to use it, it's very powerful. 
You know, it's interesting you talk about some of the sports and uh, forgive me for being a jock. I understand that football, football is the moneymaker, right? Of course it is. I'll, I'll never step on football because no matter how good or bad your program is, the, the football the football program is keeping the lights on for for pretty much everyone else, and yes. usually your basketball program, specifically your men's basketball program, you know, it it, it helps as well. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of your other sports programs are operating at a loss. You know, I, 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 no offense to 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 those sports, but no. people don't typically want to go see those. So you talk about how. The, the arts don't get the love that they get. It's really unfortunate that they don't, they're not afforded the same opportunities that say a women's soccer or a volleyball, uh, even a wrestling is offered, you know, and Cassie has a great wrestling program, but I mean, they're not packing out, they're not packing out the arena or, or the gym for people to go watch wrestling, but we will make excuses for our sports, but we won't do the same for our arts. Right. Now, why is that? Um, I think that a lot of people don't have an understanding of, of what the arts are. They don't understand the outlet that it provides for people. And we just love our sports here in, in America. And I can't really put my finger on it, but as somebody who went to sports route in high school, I look back on it and wish I would have spent more time in the arts as when I was younger, because I have interest in, in, in on, on that side of the house. Like, right. I, I do a podcast, but I'm also there's there's content, other types of content that I want to create. But you know what I mean. It would have been nice to have a background in that. You look at somebody like Bam Bam and what Bam Bam is doing, and all the recording that he's doing, and it's yes. stuff he was doing in middle school and high school, and now he's finally monetizing it as an adult. There was a place for him in the arts to work on that and refine those skills at a at an earlier age. There was uh, definitely, you know, back in um, we called it the drama club, uh, which is there was a drama club, and then there was the International Thespian Society, which I was a part of both. Um, but his work would have definitely been in drama club because he would have been able to stage the frame. He would have been able to start the lighting, been able to keep the music on cue. Like there are very many jobs out there. Like talking back to uh, J.D. Williams is a very powerful writer. Um, and he is actually on the New York Times bestseller. We just had him at one of our meetings. He was saying how fortunate it is that he was very diverse growing up in New York. He actually grew up in Queens in New York. And he was very versed in the arts. He was very versed in culinary. He was very versed in mechanics. Uh, back then in the era that they grew up in, it was very a hands-on um materialistic world like that this this society that we're growing up in now is either you make it or break it and it's tough for people out there that's why you need so much encouragement to go to school actually graduate get a diploma but at the mean the same time you got people and and tell them hey i've got a story if my story actually helps and shares that story and it helps you share your story to help somebody else i feel like that's the powerfulest that i can be to one somebody else in general. And you know, we're living in this world of specialization. It's like you have to be good at this thing and you got to focus your time and your life on this. And the thing is, life isn't actually specialized. You know, a lot of our, a lot of us are uh, jack of all trades, master of none, because 
life isn't hot or cold. It's not yes or no. It's not in or it's not up or it's down. You know, it's so many. There's so much nuance. There's so much gray area to the life that we live. And here's the crazy thing, Josh. We went to a comprehensive high school. A lot of people don't know what that means. But a comprehensive high school takes both tech prep programs and college prep Mm -hmm. programs and allows you to go to a school and get exposure to all of that stuff. So think about these programs that that no one really focused on. And like you have the the college prep kids who are going off to college who end up working in some of these same fields, but they didn't. We had a marketing program. We had a Mm -hmm. business program. We had metals. We had construction. We had we had agriculture, you know what I mean? We had yes. cosmetology. We had a nursing program. There were so many opportunities to be exposed to actual careers that people found themselves in, but you ignore it because the school is telling you, oh, well, if you want to go to University of Georgia, you need to take all these AP classes. You can take all these honors classes. Yes. And yes, it's important to have that solid background, but hey, I thought that I wanted to work at ESPN when I was 15, but I didn't go work for the school newspaper because it didn't work with my schedule because of the classes that I had to take along with, oh yeah, I got to get a weight training in because I'm an athlete. Sorry, there's no space for me to go work for your journalism program. Yeah, see, that's the downfall. I mean, I look at the fact that everybody has that niche, but guess what? I think when it came came around to career day, and I don't know if we ever did this back in high school. I think we made a, may have had a career day. Um, correct me oh. if I'm wrong, but I don't remember having a career day. I don't recall having one. See, exactly. So most universities, they have career days. As far as BYU, that's where I wanted to attend. That's where I attended, BYU. Um, they had a career day. I mean, and once you go in there, you go in just into college, just like you came straight out of high school. Come straight out of high school, you go into the college, you sign that first, hey, I'm signing my um, four years away to you because you're giving me the scholarship for X, Y, Z. Like you, you could have graduated and went to college. I'm sure you did. I don't know. Forgive me. I haven't caught up with you for yeah, long. Yeah, I, I went to Morehouse College. Uh, oh, graduated. Morehouse. Yes, yes they have a great band there, by the way. Morehouse. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, but no, I mean, you, you're locking yourself into a four-year contract with a school that has nothing to do with your hopes, your wants, your dreams. I mean, yes, you might dream to be one day the, the biggest NFL, just like um, Trevor Lawrence. I think he came out of Cartersville, right? Yep. Now he's playing NFL. Small world. But where was his time to sit down and actually analyze? Because I blame, not only do I blame the school system, I blame the counselors that we also have. Because the counselors are supposed to be involved since day one. Since you stepped foot into that door, your freshman counselor was supposed to be there guiding you through for your freshman year. Do we have that? No. They would check in on us. And if we ever needed to go see somebody about, oh, well, my family's doing this or, oh, I'm feeling like this. The door wasn't always open like that. So... As somebody who who cares about the school system and cares about the school that we went to and, and has a little bit of information, the the structure is set up so poorly for counselors to actually support students because a lot of your counselors, even a lot of your teachers, they don't have the exposure. They don't have the knowledge to guide somebody who has a dream that is not a mainstream dream. Just, exactly. And, and, and it, it's Think about you talk about going to be to BYU. That's in fucking Utah. You know what I mean? Yes. Think about how many teachers you had 
who hadn't left the Northwest Georgia area. Like you got teachers who went to went grew up in the Bartow County school system, went to West Georgia, came back and taught in the Bartow County school system. The furthest place they went to live was Carrollton. <laughs> no people who don't leave their hometown because you need people to stay in the area to make the area continue to function. Right. What the hell can you tell me? What is your network like that's going to help me as an individual? Like I wanted to be a teacher at one point in my life and I haven't given up on that dream and maybe life would lead me there. And my mom said, if you go to college, then you come back and start teaching. What are you actually teaching? Yeah, you can give them classroom lessons, but what life lessons, what experiences that you have that you can bring back to the classroom to actually have an impact on these people? And I go, you're right, mom, let me go live life. Exactly. You got to play the field out there, just like in your sport. I mean, you like basketball, you like football, you got to play the field out there. And by playing the field, I mean, you've got to be well-cultured, well-versed, well-in-depth with society. I mean, yeah. Yes, we've got a lot going on with this pandemic. COVID is hit. Yes, they want to blame it on, you know, the Epsteins. They want to blame it on Trump. They want to bl blame it on sleepy Joe Biden. They want to blame it on all these people that has nothing to do. I mean, have has Joe Biden ever knocked on your door to sit down, and have a cup of coffee and have a conversation with you? No. I mean, it's corporate America. You got to look at the fact that they're grooming this society to fit a socialist society or even a capitalist, excuse me, a capitalist society. So someone can sit there and prophesize off of their wants, their needs, but yet you're keeping your head down into the grindstone and working this nine to five or dead end job and not fulfilling your wants nor needs on becoming something better or taking that next step and taking an adventure down who knows where it's gonna lead you. I feel like that's the fault that we've all come to. I mean, there was a time back when I wanted to become a singer. In the yearbook, I was voted most likely to be famous. Well, guess what? I went, I done, I sang, I saw, I came back, I got the t-shirt. Now what am I doing? I'm giving back to the community. I, I feel I feel a strong connection with the homeless, the youth. I feel a strong connection with our LGBTQ community plus. There's so much that people do not understand. Oh, just because you're a part of a society and they look at you in a different way, that's that's going back to racism, if, I, if I'm not correct. That's a racism all, all together. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, man, and, and we're going we're gonna to start getting into that. It's so many things are layered and people don't want to peel back the layers, right? People want to put you in a box and, and because you're in that box, they think that everything applies, like every mindset, mindset can apply because if somebody says, you know what? I voted for Joe Biden because of this, this, and this. Oh, so you're a socialist. No, no. I voted for this person or I voted for Trump because of this, this, and this. Oh, so you're a racist. No, no. I, no. I acknowledge that there may be things about this individual that I don't like, but I'm voting for what matters to me. And we all have different things that matter to us more. Like, yes, I'm not gonna lie to you. Voting, voting Republican is more beneficial to me and where I'm at in life today. I yes. don't do that because there are other things associated with the party that I can't personally get behind, and I don't, and I, and I can't stand on. But don't get me wrong, when we're talking about 
when we're talking about voting in elections, I'm looking at the candidate and their and, and their stance is not necessarily just the party. I vote split. I, I vote a split ticket. But again, I'm not. We're not talking about politics here because th th today is not a political podcast. We no, want to talk about it's not. So, as an advocate, as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, growing mm -hmm. up in the South, at what point did you realize and accept that you were homosexual? So, I kind of growing up in the South, you know, there there is a lot of I would say disarrays in, in the way that you could grow up. Um, you would have a single family household or you would have a two parent household or you would have a split family household, like a mom and a dad split up situation. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it stems in quote unquote, a lot of it stems from not having a father figure in your life. I, you know, excuse my French, pardon my French, I call it bullshit. That's, that's bullshit to me. Okay, oh, yeah, you, you are who you are. But me growing up myself, I knew that my attraction to the opposite sex, it was there. Yeah, we were, it was mingling. I was in, out, you know, I'm still the lady's best friend. Let's go shopping. Let's go make sure that you, you know, your ass looks great in this dress and your man's still going to love you, you know. But mm -hmm. I'm also the type that'll sit down and have a conversation with you and your family and expect to, when I'm, when I'm speaking to my man in, in general, I feel like when we sit down and have a conversation, we throw all all our cards out on the deck, okay? When I sat down and had a conversation, and I really didn't want to come out this way, but I did come out this way. Um, coming out in the South is super, super hard. Now, when I tell you this, I want you to look at me. It is super hard to come out in the South, okay? Trust me. Now, I didn't come out till I moved to Utah, and it took me several years not understanding why coming out is such a big deal because i feel like i don't have to come out if i'm straight i don't have to come out if i you know i like women i don't have to come out if i like plants i don't have to come out if i like silky robes or whatever that's i mean straight people do they have a coming out day no uh, it's just who you are who you are and when mm -hmm. growing up when growing up parents realize that oh i've raised a child that's gay that's that's disheartening to me i'll disown them i'm throwing them out that's the south but guess what my parents didn't throw me out my parents don't like what i do but the person that i was dating at the time gave me an ultimatum and i took that ultimatum and i sat back and i was like huh you know he's right it's about time so i called my mother on facetime Rest her soul, please. Oh my gosh, she's gonna kill me when she hears this. Call her on FaceTime, and I'm like, Mom. She's like, What? I was like, I got something to tell you. She's like, What do you got to tell me? She's like, Mom. You know, this has been on my. I, I've been on. You know, thinking about this for a long time. And I'm like, Mom, I'm gay. She's like, Honey, I already knew that. She said, I thought you were calling me to tell me you got somebody pregnant. Whoa! No! 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 So. My grandparents, they love it. Um, they are, they want you to be happy. They want you to be the person that you want to be. They're not hindering your life as an individual. Um, as I look at the fact that going out in public with someone that is not the same, not the opposite sex with the same person. Oh, that's your bro. That's your broski. Um, that's your homie. That's your, you know, your guy friend. Your, what do they call it? Um, what, what is the word I'm looking for? Oh my gosh, they call it a, 
a man crush. Yes, there you go. Um, but no, I mean, that that was pretty hard for me. I mean, it was detrimental because I was like, oh, shit, is my family going to accept me or are they not? I'm still a child. They still got to love me. So that that situation was me. It was it was kind of hard to do, but sometimes you got to let your pride lay and come out with all your cards, like I said. Man, that's that's interesting to hear because I, I, I worked with a guy and, and he talked about his struggles coming out. And when he said when he, he said the same similar story, he tells his mom that he's coming out. And once once he told her, she was like, Yeah, we we've been through that. Like <laughs> Yeah. Like I raised you, I watched you grow up. Like and you know, that takes me to a place of a lot of people look at sexuality as, as a choice and others say that, no, like you're genetically predisposed to to feel one way. And to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know. I know that <laughs> I like women right. and I can acknowledge that hey, that's a nice looking guy right there, but yeah. I can just say that's a pretty dog too. And you know what I mean? Like I can acknowledge <laughs> I'm comfortable yeah. enough in my sexuality that I can acknowledge that someone's an attractive individual, but not be attracted to them, right? Like, hey, that's exactly. a pretty house, but I don't I mean I want to live in it. So how do you how do you deal with those conversations? Because again, you're you're in the South. Like I currently live in California. Conversations like that aren't really taboo. It, no. it, it's more of an accepted lifestyle, but again. Mm-hmm. I was in Cartersville. I was in Cartersville shit um, in, in in December and I got looked at crazy for going certain places in a mask. So yeah. So with that with that culture, what is it like for you when you're hearing some of these things, especially from people that you love? So it takes me back to, you know, actually dealing with my my grandmother, she has passed now. Um, bless her heart. Um, she was always warm welcome. She was a smile on her face. She she basically was the glue to the family. And, you know, I never actually got to sit down and have a conversation with her about my feelings, my sexuality, my upbringing, and things like that. I mean, of course, she raised my mother and father. I mean, well, really my mother. Um, but I regret not having that conversation with her. And I think if I had that conversation with her, she would have been an icebreaker for everybody in the family. Um, now, going out into public places and having, you know, people look at you cross-eyed or people saying, well, he's a homo or he's a fag or, you know, you shouldn't talk to him because he likes other men. Well, it takes it back to the time, even even in the world verse of their their Christian society, they sent centurions out to fight the battle. Guess what? Centurions were out six to eight months, nine months, maybe even a year with other males. Okay. Where was their, where was their female? There was not one. There were only men out there. So guess what? Men lied with men at that time. Was it taboo? Yes. Is it still taboo in the South? Yes. But guess what? The society is moving towards whatever you feel like as a person because the millennial generation that is growing up with us now because we are a part of the millennial generation and i'm pretty sure you are too because you're not gen gen x or gen z no nah, no nah, I'm, I'm a proud millennial yeah exactly so the millennial society is all about 
how can I make this come up? How can I become famous? How can I pursue something that's gonna benefit me financially? Well, guess what? People have these clubs, these nightclubs, okay, that I wanna call them. They are sex clubs. They are whatever freely goes club. It's like a coffee shop, right? So you go in, you go into the grocery store. Now, this is long, this is a long time back. You go in the grocery store, these uppity communities, and I won't name any names of the communities, okay? The goes back to a simple fruit called a pineapple. If you, if you know where I'm going, then you should know this because it's gonna be quite hilarious. So the pineapple, they put it in their grocery cart. If you put the pineapple upside down, that means you're looking for a swinging partner. Did anybody talk about that back in the day? No. Your grandma didn't tell you they were swinging back in the day. Your grandpa didn't tell you they were swinging back in the day. It was just you and your grandparents, right? So you go to the grocery store, you got this pineapple in there, just the same way with house keys. You go to a big party, you put it in a fishbowl, okay? It's called a house party. Put all your keys in the fishbowl, whatever key you pull out, say it's a Mercedes, say it's whatever key, that's who you're going home and sleeping with. Did anybody say anything about that? No, because it's so taboo. You don't have these conversations with your just average blow. You can't go down to, say, Kroger, okay? Now, Kroger has this bar inside. No big deal. You go in there, you have a conversation with the, the bartender. Say, hey, how's your night going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm good. She slides you her number. Oh, honey, I'm gay. I don't want that. I don't need that. I don't need your number. She's like, oh, my God. We can be best friends. I want to be your best friend. So we're all gay. You know, you want, if we get in the shower, you just will tell me my butt looks big and how perky my boobs are. I'm like, no, it's not like that. <laughs> we'll go shopping. You can buy a couple of items. I'll tell you, yeah, if you look good or whatever. It's just, I come to the realization, the less that you care, the better off that you are. But you've got to have those conversations. And, and that's what... And that's where I, where I take from a lot of things is I'm not going to tell someone else how to live in their own house. I don't live there. I don't care what you do. I only care to the point that it starts to affect me on a deep level, not even on a surface level, because I've had conversation with, conversations with friends and talked about some instances. When I used to live in San Diego, I've, I've been hit on by guys. And it's like, mm -hmm. what did you do? Did you beat his ass? I'm like, No. You know how many girls I've hit on who didn't want me? Yeah. Same thing. You just say, hey, nah, bro, I'm good. Like, and then it's okay. And yeah. from my experience, outside of just one time, it's been super respected because of course. It, it, it is like people are out looking for what they're looking for. And if you're not what they're looking for, you know, if you say something once, okay, hey, hey, bro, chill. Two times, I'm not interested. Three times, Hey, now, now you're being disrespectful and that, and that changes the conversation. And I've gone to, I've gone to brunch in Hillcrest in San Diego. And when I tell some of my friends about it, like you went to the gay district for brunch. I'm like, well, for when I went with a bunch of coworkers and guess what? It was the cheapest brunch with some of the best food in the whole city. I'm paying 25, 30 bucks for all I can eat and all I can drink. Ain't nobody about to bend me over in the middle of the bar, bro. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's boundaries. Not, like it's not there's there's boundaries and it's not as extreme and disrespectful as people think it is but because it's been labeled as taboo it's been sold to us in a totally different light that is like no bro it's 
these these are people who have careers, they have jobs, they still have the same, they're dealing with some of the same shit that that we deal with in the straight community. It's we're not that different. No, we just fuck different people. Let's just be honest. Exactly. That's all it is. It shouldn't matter what goes on behind closed doors. First of all, it's nobody's business except yourselves. Exactly. Nobody knows about what's happened with me and anybody behind closed doors except for me and the person I was behind closed doors with. Exactly. And that's how it should be. But coming out what? of the community and stepping out of the community together as a couple, um, I feel like the fact that you get judged. But guess what? The same people that are judging you are the same people asking these questions when they go to their book clubs or when they go to their 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 meetings or whenever they wherever they go they're asking these questions well how do how does this work are you a top are you a bottom uh, what's a verse uh what what's a leather daddy like what's these questions who's there to teach them oh just hush we're not gonna talk about that see and then they subside inside until they come out and then they it comes out towards anger then they get very angry they get very confrontational in your face just because someone will not explain the simple truth of, hey, this is what goes on. These are, I can't I can't give you a manual. Life didn't come with a manual. So I can't give you a manual of how each person deals with each person individually. I can't give you a manual for that, but I can steer you in the right direction. You're right. And I'll tell you one place that does make it difficult, though, is in this quote unquote cancel culture that we live in. Yes. If when when you're ignorant and you have questions and you may not frame your questions the right way because of your ignorance, you now get shitted on and you don't get the answers like, hey, I'm looking for understanding. Sorry if I asked the question the wrong way. Obviously, using the F word in 2021, if you use that, you know better. Like nine, I would say 99% of, of people know better than to use that word to describe people uh, of, of the LGBTQ community, right? Yes, of course. But there are ways that people who have not been totally exposed to the community, not talk to people in the community, can ask a question and, and like, oh my God, you're ignorant. Yes, I know I'm ignorant. I'm asking yes. for understanding. Yes. So how do you, as a member of the community, but more so not just a member of the community, an advocate for the community, how do you handle those situations to ensure that the people who don't know that they don't know actually learn? So here's a big understanding from us. Um, we have a couple of board members. First of all, I'm the CEO and founder of Social Peaches Society. And that basically started over a joke. We were sitting having a cocktail and a couple cigars down at our local cigar bar. And- Old Havana? Yeah, Old Havana, yes. Old Havana, yes. you know, you know, you see Todd in there? All the time, yes. Yep. <laughs> my guy. Yes, Him all the time. Every damn day, and there's no. <laughs> I'm like, do y'all not have nothing else better to do? But today, I don't believe him. No, nah, well, you know, teach his own, and <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> press it on nobody. I'm sure he don't press it on nobody else. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, we're sitting on having a couple of cigars, chilling out, you know, enjoying some nice bourbon. Um, and we started out as a joke because I was like, well, you know what? There, where's a rainbow peach? I never seen one, you know, I never seen a rainbow peach before. You Google, you Google it. Is there a rainbow peach? I don't see one anywhere. Okay. I'm like, all right, cool. So there's there's my idea for 
my company, my nonprofit organization. Then I look at the fact that we have the Desperate Housewives of Atlanta, their peach. We have the Peach Bowl, Chick-fil-A. We have a lot of the peaches down here. And Georgia is known for one, two things, three things, really. Peaches, pecans, and peanuts. That's it. And Amigos, you got the Amigos come out of Atlanta. You got a lot of the rappers, when they come down here, they come out of Atlanta. Justin Bieber came out of Atlanta. I don't care what you say. Bro, he came from Canada. Congratulations. Yeah, but now he came out of Atlanta with Scooter Braun and Usher. I, hey, that's true, too. You know, that's that's back in the 90s. Uh, way back before the 90s, actually. Um, but, no, you know, the fact that it started out as a joke, and then we took it very, very seriously, because I was like, the kids here don't have somebody that they can go to. They don't have a hotline that they could call. They don't have you know, someone that could speak to their parents or somebody that, you know, can step in and show them this is okay. Because yet again, it's very taboo in the South and the system that we look at and growing up, we do a lot of outreach programs. So like we do a lot of food drives, we do a lot of community outreach. We support local businesses. We take care of one meeting a month that anybody's welcome to come and attend. And if they have questions, they can ask. I, there's no stupid question. There's a lot of rhetorical questions that you could probably answer yourself, but there's no stupid question. Don't don't feel afraid to ask. Just ask, you know? And I think, I'll tell you, that's one of the best lessons I learned because of the guy I worked with. And we were able to have like closed door office conversations where I could like dead ass say like, look, don't judge me for this question. I'm from the South. Mm -hmm. And here's been, this is what my worldview has been. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you some shit. And this may sound ignorant, but educate me. And mm -hmm. after working together for about two years, just having these different conversations, I learned so much. And I think it's so important. And I, and I liken it to a little bit to racism, right? And black people don't kill me for this. But it's, I know a lot of white people who subscribe to racist values, but they're not bad people. They, right. they have lived in this, in this bubble and in their bubble, this is what has been presented to them. They have not been exposed to much outside of what they have been taught and what they've seen and what they know. So that's... I can't knock somebody for making decisions based off of what they've seen and what they believe, right? Like no. that's how we survive. So similarly, it took me having this conversation, this relationship to expand my horizons and to open my mind to a totally different side of life to where I actually know how to like make funny gay jokes, but not come off as like a, a um, an a, egotistical yeah, or, or come off as a as a um, what's it um, homophobe because a bigot. <laughs> people don't understand is yeah, gay people still have a sense of humor. Like I remember we were at a we were at a bar one day, and I ordered a drink, and the guy calls me. He called me. He called me honey or baby. I was like, nah, man, like chill. And he was like, he came back to me. He was like, oh no, we only do it to fuck with straight people because we know it makes you guys uncomfortable. And I go. Oh, that's funny as shit. Like, <laughs> like I've seen that so many times. Yes, yeah, so many times. And he was like, "Yeah, I knew when you walked in here, like I knew you weren't." But it's and I'm like, oh, okay, so I can make 
Like we were at a party one day um, for, uh, I forgot whose party it was, but uh, my gay coworker was hosting it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, the bathroom is is um, through the hall to the left, then, then go gay. Cause we know you can't go straight. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and if you're on the outside looking in or you've not been around that, you're afraid to make that type of joke because you go, Oh, I don't want to offend. I'm like, no, bro. Like gay people are humans. Just like we're humans, dog. <laughs> like it's, it's not, it's not, as, it's not as sensitive as you think it is until it becomes disrespectful. But that's with anybody in any walk of life. We can joke until it's disrisrespectful it is I mean it's all funny games until somebody loses an eye right I mean it goes back to the same saying that sticks and stones may break my bones but bruh sticks and stones will break your damn bones but words won't words will just either make you or break you. that's how the army is back in the army there was a an also time where I think it was in the Bill Clinton era or the Clinton era uh, correct me if I'm wrong um, but there was a ask don't tell policy right? Yeah, don't ask, don't that tell. Was, exactly. That was for the gay members that served. That was for the lesbian members that served. That was for the transsexuals that served. Um, that policy was a great policy because, yeah, they were still getting beat up. They were still getting suppressed. They were still not making the same you know, moves as far as where they needed to be. But no one cared. You didn't hear anything about nothing. It was dead quiet. Nothing. But now you look at the fact that Johnson and Johnson came out with a commercial where they had two dads. Or you look at the fact that Coca-Cola came out with a commercial, they had two dads. Like you don't see that coming out. But 99% of advertisement, if you go to our community, we support that advertisement because you know why? We're two people. If you're in a relationship with somebody, we're two people with two steady incomes. That I'm not having to shell out for a kid. I'm not having to shell out for X, Y, Z. It's me and the other partner. We got two viable incomes coming together. We do what we want. Now, if you're you're struggling with your straight, I get it. You have a kid. Things happen. You've got to think about this society because you're struggling with your kid. It's there's everybody has these demons that you got to fight. You got to look at the aspect that one everybody's going to give you feedback no matter what positive or negative and a lot of the people that give you these negative comments is they want to claim ignorance is bliss well guess what it's time to grow up and stop being ignorant it's just time to ask questions be mindful be open-minded don't be closed-minded because hey i'm a preacher's daughter or hey i'm a preacher's son that has nothing to do with it have you looked at catholic church they the catholics got caught hello Hello, little choir boys. They got caught. Little altar boys. They got caught. But did they cover it up? Oh yeah, they covered it up big time. Just like Jeffrey Epstein, they covered it up. Yeah, the biggest pedophile ring in America is running through the Catholic Church. But the Catholics can can come out and be the most conservative, God fearing people in 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 the world. It's like, hold on, the guy that that you go confess to, he need to be confessing to you what you just did to your son last night. You know what I mean? Exactly. Let me do three Marys and I'll be okay. You know, this is how it goes. Let me confess on Sunday, but yet I'm riding the liquor store on the next Monday. No, it's not. It's, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't or, work like that. Any society like that. Or show up to church smelling like the club. Yeah, yes. Or step out of the club riding the same suit and you rolled out at four o'clock and service starts at seven. You didn't have time to wash your hair. <laughs> 
I've seen it so many times. I welcome everybody with open arms. Like I look at the fact that I'm not going through that certain situation, but I surround myself in people that if I don't know the answer to, I'm gonna have somebody in my, my circle, my inner circle that knows the answer. That if they don't know the answer, they're gonna find somebody that knows the answer. It's all about the inner workings of who you keep around you, who you allow to be yourself exposed to, who you allow in your life at the same time. If you keep closed-minded, you're only gonna see you got horse blinders on, just like this, just like this. And you're looking down one way. You have to open your eyes and just experience life to the fullest. I don't care what you do. You can be a cooking addict one day, and the next day I'm gonna turn my life around and I'm gonna go be a teacher or oh, I'm gonna go be you know a guitar player for some some band. People change. It's not it's not who you want to be when you're first starting, but it's where you're going and in the same travel in the same distance. It's you know, you talk growth. about you talk about people changing and growth, and I think that's such an important piece. To, to focus on because I looked at the world one way in 2010. If you were to pull my Twitter from then, you might want to cancel me. I looked at the <laughs> world a certain way in 2012, 2013, 2014. If you look at my Twitter, then you might want to cancel me. You look, I looked at the world a certain way in 2015, 16, 17, right? Mm -hmm. I think I was pretty good on Twitter then. And I look at the world in a different way today, and it's all about growth. Do I look back and say I've had some ignorant points of view? I've said some ignorant shit? Absolutely. Who hasn't? Yeah, who hasn't? Am I, am I ashamed of it? No, because that was what I knew when I knew it. And guess what? Society allowed me to have some of those views, and they didn't tell me those views were wrong. And then today yeah. I go... Society's changed. I've changed. I've become better. Society's become better. So I don't think that way anymore. I've done the growth that you, you want from me. Like, so it sickens me when we pull up people's tweets from eight years ago and they've given us a track record that they do not subscribe to their old beliefs. It's like, well, so-and-so said this in 2011. Give a fuck what he said in 2011. What is he saying now? What is he doing now? Where is his money going now? So it's a pleasure talking to you because, again, we're, we're talking about something that is, quote, unquote, taboo, but it shouldn't be. But, but let me spin back a little bit to your time at BYU. Mm -hmm. what, what was it like going to BYU and, and, and being, uh, being gay? Like, I know the rules there are super strict. I know the Mormon culture is 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 super conservative. So what was it like there? So growing going to BYU, you, I mean, you couldn't have caffeine, you couldn't have soda, pop, you couldn't have any of that, right? Um, being gay, I had to attend. No one knew. I had to live a secret lifestyle, basically, and that's okay. like being being gay. I mean, it's it's a lifestyle that you live, and everybody thinks it's secret. And coming out is the hardest part. Well, guess what? Everybody else knows. But going there, um, having to have my blinders on, as I, I call it, because I'm, I'm narrow. I'm seeing only one way. Um, going there opened my eye to the fact how people can be so, so close-minded. So belief, belief in one way. It goes back to the same guy, like, you drink the Kool-Aid. 
Are you drinking the Kool-Aid? I'm drinking the Kool-Aid right now because this is what is promoting me. This is what's getting me to the next step in life. And as growth as a person, you, you're going through these situations. You got a boss that you work. You didn't go to college. You got a boss that you just don't like. Guess what? You're still going through the same steps. So going through what they had us do was basically study. I put my nose down to I, I did what I needed to do to study to come out on top. But at the same time, I didn't believe what they were teaching was correct. No, but it was free. Or come out on time? Come out on top. Come out on top. On top? Uh, <laughs> that's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I mean, you got to, just because a society believes a certain way and you've got an outside thinker, look at Albert Einstein. He was an outside thinker. His IQ was up there, very, very up there, okay? And he was a renaissance man, but you've got to look at it. He focused on the narrow. Like he, he focused on what he needed to do to get done to survive. But then in his free time, he was his self. Like he loved to create, he loved to throw the ideas together. That was the same way with me. I would be throwing these parties in, in the halls and our dorm halls that you can't have alcohol over there. Well, guess what? I went to, I went to Idaho and got his three, four, fifths of vodka let's go ahead and have this party like the ra he knew something was up like he knew when he knocked on that door he was like what's going on blah 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 it was strict like super strict no one knew there that i was gay but when i worked at one of the the uh insurance firms that i worked for out there in utah okay they they were basically following the same way following the temple following the the mormon way okay I had a really good close friend out there and I would tell her everything like, I just went through class. The professor was teaching us about these garments that we had to wear. Cause it's like full body garments. Like you had to be in a certain dress, a certain way, look a certain way. Like you had to do everything that you could. And I wouldn't call it finessing. I finesse the system a lot because I felt like <laughs> I didn't need to, I didn't need to fulfill these certain wants and dreams to get along with my degree. Like, yes, I kept it to a bare minimum, but if you weren't, if you weren't feeding me, if you weren't clothing me, and if you weren't caring for me, I didn't care. That was just who I was. I didn't care. I had to do what I had to do to make sure that I survived. And that's the same way it goes for me in college. I had to do what I had to do to survive. I'm talking about oodles and noodles, ice water, and that was it. That's all you could do. But growing up, a lot of people thought growing when I was growing up, a lot of people thought I was big money. Okay. I don't know. I, I was poor. I still had everything that I needed when I grew up. I did I eat with the Joneses? No. Did I eat with whoever? No. We just we broke bread as a family. If we could break bread at the time we did. If we couldn't, then we made something happen. That's how it goes. Just like in a play with you guys. Um, if you're out on the field and you've got a runner. Or if you're out on the court and you see like a point guard coming over, you see some, you got to make a, you got to finesse it somehow. You got to finesse it to fit you. Yeah. So that's what I, I did. I finessed I it to fit me. I used to always finesse officials. I'm like talking to them the whole game. Hey, man, how you calling <laughs> this? Man? Yeah. Hey, 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 yes, hey, yes. hey. He's riding my hip right now. Come on, man. You yep. got a whistle for a reason. He can yep. use that now. Come on. Yes. Now, come on. Now, talk to yes. me. So, you know, I think it's really important you talk about finessing because I'm going to talk about the Gen Zers. 
And they have this idea. They, they are really the microwave society. Don't get me wrong. We have social media. We use that and all of that stuff. But we didn't grow up on social media. You know, mm-hmm. we grew up on home phones. We grew up on flip phones. We grew up on, oh, shit, you got you got a, 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 a PDA with the internet? Hold on. Yeah. Oh, the first iPhone? Yo, yeah. yo shit. Like, like, that was a luxury. That was not part of life, you know? No. And so there are certain people's human skills that we had to develop. And we also understood the importance of the process and doing shit that you didn't want to do to get where you want it to be. Yes, you have to. I mean, you, you look at the fact that w- one of the biggest minorities that we have is the Latinos, the, the Hispanics. I mean, going back to what they would do, and this is true, like I've seen it happen before. So what would happen is they would take these low-paying jobs, seven twenty-five dollars, like seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour, or like. Oh, nah, nah, you being nah, you being nice because the ones who getting paid cash, they might get five or two fifty. But yeah, they well, not even that. They might even get fifty dollars a day. But even then, they would take what it cost them to live off of, maybe twenty-five dollars a week, right? Thirty dollars a week. They would send that rest back to their families in Mexico, so they could come back across. They would do what needed to be done that nobody else wanted to do. And I think that a lot of people, if you would do what needs to be done, like if you would step up to the plate and actually own it, a lot of things would change. And I feel like if you become an advocate for change, right there is an empire in itself. I mean, you got to look at the fact of the way that you do your podcast. You, I never knew you did podcast. I never knew in high school. I never imagined this guy. I thought this guy would go, you know, play sports somewhere up north, or you know, go play NFL. Like I never knew you would be a podcast ever in my life. Never. It's called evolve. It's called change. It's called doing what you needed to do to get yourself through. You know, and 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 real quick, I'm I'm gonna shout out a. A, 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 Lat- a Latina family that's really near and dear to my heart. And you talk about that doing, doing what you need to, to get where you want to be. And there's a family near and dear to my heart. I won't say their name, but if they hear the story, they know that I'm talking about them. And I told them this to their face, like y'all really are the American dream. Like you came over here with, with what you had and you started your family, you grind, you hustled. You did some shit that you may not have wanted to do, but eventually you got to where you want to be and living a, a, a really good life, raised beautiful kids. And sometimes us American-born Americans take for granted what it takes to be successful in this country because we oftentimes think we're supposed to go to K through 12, then go to post-secondary, whatever that route is, and then we're supposed to get what we want. It's like, that's how it works for the people who are really good or the people who are really connected. But in order for you to, to, to be more than what your parents were, you have to do a lot more than what they did to get there. You just can't follow the status quo. It's like, hey, if I want my, like, podcasting is my side hustle. It's not my day job. I still have to do a day job every day, right? Yeah, but, like a nine to five, of course. Right. But in order for me to turn my side hustle into my day job, I have to sacrifice sleep. I have to sacrifice time with friends. I have to sacrifice money to do other stuff because I'm paying for fucking Facebook 
to 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 promote my stuff or YouTube to promote my stuff or Instagram to promote my stuff. So hopefully the right person hears it. You know what I mean? And so often we take our opportunities for granted. Yeah, and that's correct. And 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 that's not life. But no. but let let's me speak talk. on that. Okay, when go, you ahead, talk go ahead. About, when when you talk about opportunities taken for granted. That's the society that we grew up in. We grew up in a society that everything was handed to us. We grew up in a society that we we came from a household that it's X, Y, Z. You follow it this way and it gets you return in that way. And not a lot of, and I look at the fact that we had clicks in high school. I mean, you had, you had the emos, you had the goths, you had the gays, you had the frats. I mean, you had everybody, okay? But we didn't, I, I know myself for a fact, I didn't take a look at, anybody else's social circle the way that I looked at my social circle because I always surrounded myself with with upperclassmen like I've always surrounded myself with with other people that's because I didn't want to live a nine to five job going home and you know drinking one or two brewskis on the couch and not letting my money work for itself no you you've got you gotta do that you you've got to invest time in yourself if you invest time in yourself, your your benefit will reap itself. So, so the seeds that you sow now are what you're going to reap back at the same time. So it might not come today. It might not come tomorrow, but it's definitely going to come when it's least expected. And, you know, that's such an important thing. And again, one of the reasons why I want to get involved in, in education is because I, I don't want to teach as much of the classroom curriculum shit that I have to do because the state tells me to like, yeah, we're, we're going to get that. You're going to learn what you need to learn. So you pass these tests and you can be good in life. But as far as investing in the, the, the students, you know, giving them perspective, like I look back on, on my favorite teacher from high school and it took me a while to accept that this was my favorite teacher, Miss Suber, who, 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 who ran the marketing program, right? Shout out to Jamila. Love you, Jamila. We, yes. she could, for me for a while, she couldn't be my favorite teacher just because she taught me marketing and she didn't teach me some like academic su subject. Right. But the fact that she is a mentor to me to this day, her husband, Tony, is a mentor to me to this day that when I come home and I can go have a conversation with them about where I'm at in life today and then I can also talk to their kids, their teenage daughter. Shout out to Jancy. Mm -hmm. That's the homie. And like speak to her as a 29 year old to a to a 16, 17 year old the same way that her parents did for me at that same age. Where it's like I can speak to you in, in the language that you talk without judgment and I can't hold you accountable for anything. We can just right. walk, exactly. which was the same relationship I developed with them. And that we need more teachers like that, because guess what? She wasn't just a career teacher. She worked in industry before she taught. She left teaching and now she's working in industry again. It's like, hey, life is not just this nine to five for 25, 30 years. And you get your gold clock and your 401k and you go home. No, it's <laughs> That's more than that. society. But, you know, that's what was taught to us. That's who we learned from. Yeah. And that's why I, that's why part of me eventually wants to move back because I've been gone for 10 years now. I left in 2010, moved to Atlanta, 
didn't look back, left Atlanta, been to some other places since then. And more there, more people with that lifestyle need to impart wisdom into our kids. But let's get to the social piece of society because we've just been talking. And, and it's we free have conversation. Exactly. And I've loved the conversation, but I want to make sure that we talk about the social peaches society. So what is the social peaches society? So the social peaches society, we had started out, like I said, we started out as a joke and lo and behold, here's what had happened. And I'm going to be very, very corny. Um, one of the ladies that I was sitting there having a conversation with, she said, um, you know, my daughter is lesbian. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, well, the other lady I'm talking to, um, she said, my son is trans. And I said, wow okay and the gentleman that was joining us in the group he said you know what he said i grew up and my mom was gay i said well how is you know how did that affect you he was like i i didn't know any different he said my, i just had two moms i was special you know i didn't have no dad when i went to school i had all the friends to play with you know but th that's how it started i was like we'll just we'll start the society like that and basically how we've done it is We've reached out to local communities. I'm not looking, I'm looking to branch out after starting in North Georgia. I wanna start in Atlanta. Atlanta's a big hub, Atlanta's a great community. Um, shout out to everybody in Atlanta. We love ATL. Um, shout out to everybody in Miami, Florida. That's Miami, Florida, it's moving down there. Um, but I think that we don't have enough knowledge or enough understanding of our community and and to be the fact that, that who we are is who we are um we are a membership-based social and service organization um memberships are for our corporate sponsors so say if you're like a small business you can sponsor and your sponsor is good for a year um we promote diversity for uh for those small businesses so small businesses they start anywhere so we do three program three tier levels so we do a silver we do a gold and a platinum the silver is 50 the gold is 100 and the platinum is 150 you get a plaque on all of them you get a meeting once in your um once in your business location you are getting promotion from our page you are getting promotion from word of mouth our outreach program because we do put you on a banner as well anytime that we do a, an event on like feeding the homeless, helping, you know, the homeless shelters, soup kitchens, things like that. Um, we put them out as well. So you actually do get promotion on that. Um, we want to be a foster, a positive, excuse me. We want to foster a positive community and development and provide opportunities which enhance personal growth of our members. So if you decide to become a member of our society, you don't have to sign a waiver. You don't have to sign anything. You just show up and you say, hey man, you know, how's the treating you? You just have a conversation with us, right? We'll sit down and have a conversation with you. You come to one of our meetings. Um, we held a meeting each month in a different location. Um, last, we just had one at Noble in Maine Sunday um, with Jay Walker, Jay Walker there with us. He's a public speaker. Um, he is a motivational speaker as well. We foster the youth um, coming from our society the youth LGBTQ community, they don't understand what that means. Like they don't understand growing up gay. They don't understand growing up trans. They don't understand growing up queer. They don't understand that. Um, 
there's not really a documentary or a physical thing that you can flip because now we're a society where we are social social based so let me go to facebook can i type in hey where's this group such and such can i look on youtube hey what is you know such and such can i google this you know what's this mean what's that mean we don't have a group where you can come to where we can reach out to everybody and explain certain situations like you have the crisis hotline that you call the suicide or you have aa you have alcohol anonymous or you have these certain groups that you go to like if you've got a gambling problem it's called gambling anonymous you need those certain niches that you can call upon at the time that you need it and i want to be that voice our group wants to be that voice to be able to call upon in certain situations like i want to go to organizations i want to go to public schools i want to go to um public colleges like i want to go out there i want to be that person that can give somebody a voice because every voice should be heard i feel like the social pizza society is the group that can basically put the men out there put the word out there you know put our nose down to the grind and figure out what we need to do to get the community more involved in everyday activities i mean starting out from the boys and girls club i think you guys have one out there too as well because i know that we did um when i lived in utah uh boys and girls club is another youth situation where people get picked on people get bullied people get looked down upon because you live a certain way nobody should care the only person that matters that who should care is your immediate family that's all you need. If you don't have a family, reach out to me. I'll be more than happy to take you in and try to guidance you, try to shelter you in a way that you need to be moving forward in life. Not not just gays, not just lesbians, not just straight people, everybody. If you need guidance, you can always reach out to me. I might not have been the most social person growing up with, with everybody here, but you know Bro, what? You were funny though, like yeah, like, I was, I was, because I was when I when I when we had our initial conversation, I was thinking back to who you were. Like I'm like, he was just a little 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 short, chubby, funny white kid. Like he would just do like little funny shit and like, and I was and I was like, don't get me wrong, the person I was in high school versus the person I am now, two totally different people. I fucked with a lot right. of people in high school. Like I was I was a dick if we're just being honest here. But I'm like. He was just a little funny fuck, and like you could just say some shit to him, and he would do some funny shit back, and it was just like, "You're funny." Like I fuck with you. Like we're in different yeah. social circles, we're different ages, but like, if I see you in the hallway, it's like, "Hey man, what's up?" And you do some like, you, you do some funny shit, it's gonna make me laugh. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, I mean, there's a long-lasting impression on everybody, and guess what? You know, high school might not have been the, the best time for everybody. I mean, there was a lot of scandals that, that went on, but that's here nor there. Guess what? Scandals go on every day. Monica Lewinsky was a big scandal. Hello. But she still got her name out there. Guess what? It happens every day. You know what? I Here's what I've learned because I'm, I'm a, I like, it's like I'm a mature adult. I don't judge anybody too much right. by who they were in high school. Like I've I've hung out with some people since since graduated from high school. I talk about one of your classmates, Silk and Solomon, who's become one of my really good friends post high school. We are a part of the um part of Circle of Advancement together, started that nonprofit that's that's uh, working with the youth um in, in Cartersville, man. And awesome. 
we were kicking it one time and she was like, you're totally different from the way you were in high school. I'm like, well, well yes, I was childish as fuck in high school. Like, what do you expect from me? Like, I was, I was having fun. I was being dumb, but now I'm, I'm an adult. I'm not, no, I'm not AC. Like, I don't even go by AC no more for, for I go no. by Adam. And part of that was just the evolution for me to be like, yeah, AC was me in my younger years. And don't get me wrong, certain people still call me AC. And that's cool, but for the but like I've, I've matured into Adam, you know, the the adult. Well, no one knew me as Joshua either or as Josh. They always called me the penguin. I don't know what it was. Everybody called me the penguin. Yes, yes. But for some odd reason, I remember knowing your actual real name. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it when conversations came came out, I wasn't just in one social clique. I was I could I was fluid. I could jump in any other social circle. You know, I was invited to parties. You know, we did everything back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blase, blase. But guess what? That taught me to grow as a person. Not a lot of people that were as, as quote unquote, as you call childish, like yourself back in the day, you were childish. I, I had the mindset that I wanted to go somewhere. Like, I think that's where I saw a lot of people that were struggling. I saw a lot of people that were down on their luck, right? But I was fortunate enough to be in and out of groups like the uh, the prep group, the jock group, the nerds. Like I could strike a conversation with anybody. I'm just so easy to talk to because I, I want to live freely. Like I don't care what you do, who you are, where you need to go. And I'll, I'll tell you, that was one thing about our high school that really like hurts my soul to this day is okay you're you're almost 10 years removed from graduating i'm almost 12 years removed from graduating and you start looking around at some people who were so talented whether it was academically whether it was just you, you know there were vibrant personalities there were people who who who, who controlled the room no matter yes. which room they, they controlled the room and you look at where they are today and you go so much wasted ability and potential yeah and my thing is i blame parents a lot less now than i used to because parents know what they know and they do the best that they can but parents send their kids to school for these people who are quote unquote trained professionals to help their kid do what the parent can't do because if we if they weren't that wasn't their job we would just homeschool and our parents would would, would, would train us from home or they would give us the material and we would learn that shit while our parents are at work, whatever the case may be. But these people are in charge of our teenage lives to help mold us into being the best people that we can be. And so right. often the people who do it, they don't have the desire to actually do that. They're collecting a paycheck. And I'm, let me tell you something. There are jobs where you have a lot less stress and you get a lot more money. So if you're not teaching for passion, you, you're stupid. Like, let's be real. If you're not teaching for passion, if you're teaching for a paycheck, there's easier paychecks to get out here that cost more money. I mean, they, they give you more money. Like, I'm sorry. Like, a teacher in Northwest Georgia don't make enough don't make enough money <laughs> for the bullshit that they put up with to not love what they're doing. Like, come on now. Exactly. So, it takes it back to let, let me say this real quick. So going go going on to the uh, the monetary value that you're going off of. I know somebody personally that works at Shaw Industries, okay? 
They push three buttons, okay? And they're making close to 50 grand a year. Get out of here. They don't like it, but they're making 50 grand a year pushing three buttons. And when you leave work, it's over. There's no stress. You ain't got to come home and grade papers. You ain't got to worry about anybody calling you unless they need somebody to come in and fill another shift for overtime. And you can say yes or no, but you don't have one of those jobs where you're not off the clock. Whereas you're, if you're a teacher, you got to go home and grade papers. You got to make out lesson plans. You got to respond to parents' emails. You got to do all this other extra shit for the little 50, 55 that they making. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shit on making 50 or 55,000, but I'm saying if you're going to make 50 to 55,000, 60,000, whatever it is, and you're going to deal with kids talking to you crazy and, and, and parents not understanding that their kid is dumb or, or their kid is bad. And not Bobby Joe. My son never would do that. Hey, hold on. Son, cousins, you out every day. You think they're going to have respect for me? So no. when you're dealing with all of that to make what you make for you to not actually love it, it's like, Bro, just go work at Shaw. All that money you spent on college, you could have kept that shit because you worked at Shaw. You would have been fine. You know what? If you want to be real uppity in our community, you go to Anheuser. Oh, you yeah. And Anheuser Bush. Yeah, that that that's 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 the bougie factory. Let me go to Anheuser Bush. <laughs> and, and I get I also get free, I get cases of free beer every month. Oh, I ain't gotta pay for my butt heavy. <laughs> mm, no. Bro, why do <laughs> Excuse we sound, me? bro? We sound like snobs that left. <laughs> no, 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 no. I take I take everything with a grain of salt, just like everybody should. Uh, when you look at the fact that you turn the TV on and you see the news and, oh, my God, you know, it's raining in Georgia or it's snowing in Georgia. Shout out to Texas because Texas, by the way, right now is getting steel hammered. That's a sad situation. That's all yeah, the situation we, for a different conversation. I listen to Tucker Carlson. He told me it's because of green energy. It is? Well, I don't want to blame that on the energy because they are one of the most sophisticated societies out there. I mean, they're all eco-friendly, but yet they're still driving a Ford F-350 diesel that's still putting the same pollution out as as a coal plant. I'm not going to say I'm not going to judge and the, them. And the thing that. is, they're, they're operating their own power grids. They didn't want to spend the money to upgrade the power grids in order to yeah. fight winter conditions because they didn't think that it would ever get that bad because people in Texas don't really subscribe to uh, global warming and climate change. No. And because it's their own grid, they can't get federal help for it. So it sucks for the people of Texas, but the decision makers in Texas, y'all, y'all should be better. Be better. It, it's true. It's better. But here, here's going back to the same conversation that we had. That's called fluidity. We just had another conversation inside of a conversation because we're fluid. We get right. it. We understand it. And I think that the social media society would come out and still be that fluid conversation between the advocate to help them being the tough person that they need to be that's all about fluidity as long as you're fluid you're true to yourself and you can find yourself in some way i don't care i know you had mentioned like in one of your uh, podcasts like put the bottle down like whatever's going on in my house is my house you know you don't have to tell me what to do it's my house <laughs> but i feel like that is so true because it speaks so many levels with so many people because going out in society and being what you want to be is a facade and going home and doing what you need to do is another facade if you've got to co-mingle both of those together to live in a cohesive habitat that's just how i look at it you got to co-mingle yeah. everything yeah and don't get me wrong there's a person i am at home that i wish i could be outside but i can't be that person every day and there's a and i just i look to find that balance and 
I started going to this this place called therapy. And I'm going to talk about it a lot more because I think more people should go to that place called therapy because yes. I learned more in my first two therapy sessions than I probably learned about myself in 29 years. And the oh, biggest yeah. thing that the biggest thing that I learned is that I thought I knew myself and I actually don't know shit about myself. And there's a lot that I need to learn. And I've experienced a lot of subtle, consistent trauma, not like the crazy traumatic event. It's like, Oh shit. No, it's like the, yeah, the slight taps. You know, yeah. The, 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 the slight taps that just eroded away at, at, at some of my, my thought process, some of my views on life. And I found myself like, oh, wow, I did not realize that I operate this way because of that. Like, I don't finish anything. When I tell you I don't finish anything, toothpaste, beer. I ate some Doritos today, got towards the end of the bag. I didn't eat the last of the Doritos. You look at my trash can right now. There's a few crunched up Doritos in that bag, but I thrown away. Why? Because I just don't finish it. I can't explain it. But that's why I go to a paid professional to help me figure it out. So exactly. we're at the hour and 12 mark. And I, th- I told you I was going to keep you for 30 minutes to an hour. But you like to talk and I like to talk. We've gotten a lot accomplished. You, yes, you talked sir. about social peaches. You, yes. talked about, you talked about what it was like being a member yes. of the LGBT, LGBTQ plus community in America. Yes. I got a couple more specific questions for you before we get out okay. of here. And let me, let me touch on something. Let me touch on something before you go. Therapy is a great session, but if you can't afford therapy, there's an app that you can download either Android or iPhone, whatever you're doing. It's called 10% Happier, and that is meditation. That actually teaches you more about your inner self. So it connects all your chakras in line, even though you might not know about what happened. It, they're not going to ask you these stupid questions like, "What? how was your childhood? What are you seeing these ink dots? No. It you like you evolve through yourself in that app, so it's self taught. So meditation is another great aspect to another avenue to them. So yeah. Well, well, Josh, who the hell wants to be alone with themselves with their thoughts, focusing on that? That that that's hard. That hurts. It's it's scary, but guess what? We find out sometimes we're narcissistic at the same time. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and, I, and I, I think we need some functional narcissists in the world for this place to function, you know. You do. Uh, <laughs> I'm not one of them, but, you know, there's some out here. No. But um, so how can people like me be better allies for the LGBTQ community? Q, Q plus um, and Q. Q plus, yes. Um, don't forget the plus because a lot of people will get offended. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to offend the people for my ignorance or my negligence <laughs> because my heart's in the right place. Charge to my head and not my heart. <laughs> um no, I think one of the biggest things to be if you want to be considered an ally is just treat us like we're normal people. Um, because we are. I mean, we struggle with everything, like how we're gonna pay rent. We struggle with the same things that you guys struggle with, straight people struggle with. I don't want to say you guys and put it as a general. Oh, because they might talk about black people, so now you're yeah. raising these guys. Yeah, so now yeah, so I don't want to put it out like that. I want to put it out like as we are human beings. As long as you know you have a heartbeat, and I don't want to put us in with like the canines and all the apes and blah 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 bull. As a human being, okay. Um, just be honest with us. Just ask us questions, you know, it might come off as abrupt or abrasive. Just ask us Just say, Hey man, or Hey woman, or Hey you, you with the face. Cause I get a lot of people saying, Hey, you with the face, because I got a familiar face that nobody can remember my name. Okay. 
uh, hate you with the face. So, you know, what's going on with this? Just ask questions. Be open-minded. You know, don't close down when you feel like you see the, this couple or this person come in. I've seen, now this is, I've seen a, about a seven foot drag queen built like a brick shit house, walk out with a full beard and a full set of nails. Come out, come out, baby. I love you. I said, oh, oh shit, I got scared. I'm talking about I, never in my life. I Built like a brick shit house. Full set of nails. Turn around, boom. Saw it. I was like, well, damn. Excuse me. But you know, it's it's just the versatility of life. It's just the growth. It's just just ask us questions. Just don't be so closed-minded or so quick to judge because it's not your job to judge. It's not my job to judge. Just live, ask questions. Be open-minded. I appreciate that. And, and, and here's one thing that I offer to the people who are afraid to reach out and ask questions. Every straight dude don't want to fuck you, bro. You ain't that you ain't that fine. Nah, nah, no. Everybody like, you know what I mean? Like so trust and believe. If you're gonna buy my drinks all night at the bar and talk about some sweet nothing in my ear, I'm gonna let you buy my drinks at the bar because you're stupid, number one. Because I'm not going home with you. That's just society. That's being real. That's keeping it real. You can buy my drinks all night long. Don't mean I'm going. Bro. No. Yeah, bro. Like, motherfucker, you can buy. You can buy every drink you want to buy. Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good though. I'm good. I'm nah. good. Nah, not going it. Nah, it okay. It's flattery. And, and this is something I wanted. To, I wanted to weave into the conversation earlier, but conversation took us uh, to another place. How do you feel about trans and sports? Because I think that's a, such a a hot button it's issue very, that people, yeah. people have varying opinions on. A lot of people don't want to go public with their opinion because obviously when we look at a, a you're, you're born with a penis, right? And then you identify as, as a woman. Forgive mm -hmm. me if I'm using the wrong words because I know this male, female, man, woman shit is, is all convoluted these days. But yeah, non-binary. Yes. Yep. Right. And then you identify with, with, with vagina, right? And you take the steps to be a vagina-having, a, a, a vagina-living person, right? With mm -hmm. you, you have to grow your hair out if you choose to. You want to have breasts. You want to get penetrated instead of doing the penetrating in, in, in the vagina. You know what I mean? Right. But there are advantages that you, you have as an athlete because when we're born, you know, if you are born with, with, with penis, there's more testosterone running through your body, so you're inclined to be taller, broader shoulders, more more suited for doing a, a, a hard work, you know. And you're more, and you're typically more athletic, more explosive, and that provides an extreme advantage in sports. And like I saw a post from a guy that, yeah, you went to high school with him, yeah, because he graduated in twelve. He graduated in '09. Uh, Donald Eli, who's been running from me on this podcast for months, he, he he talks all that super conservative nonsense, but he 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 wants to come on here until I give him an invitation. He don't want to come. He's been running from the smoke for months, but away from him, he was talking about how in Joe Biden's America, you know, that men can identify as women and then dominate women's sports. And let's be honest, only people who care about women's sports are the women who play them, their significant others and their parents. Uh, so it's not that big of a deal, let's be honest. Like they had to create more money for the WNBA because they were getting paid less than teachers to play basketball in America. Mm -hmm. But again, not shitting on women's sports, 
but providing context for this conversation, you know, how do you feel about penises that trans that that transition to vaginas mm-hmm. participating in in, in vagina sports athletically and the advantage that it provides? Okay, well, this goes back to a simple, and I'm, I'm going to keep this as simple as I can. I don't want to be too complex, but this goes back to the simplicity fact that I know in high school and, and several different high schools, the wrestling team, okay, you have people that, you have ladies that wanted to wrestle, okay? They had they had vaginas, they didn't have penises, they were in a male sport, they wanted to wrestle. They didn't have female wrestling. That was a thing in our high school. I know for a fact we didn't have female wrestling. No, so we didn't. we didn't. We didn't have female weightlifting. We didn't have. We didn't have female rugby. We didn't have female. I and mean, we had soccer, but that was a cohesive team. But we had softball. But you never saw a lady play on the baseball team. You never saw a man play on the, the softball team ever. Hey, Christina Bailey tried out for the baseball team in uh, eighth grade, um, and she man, got I'm shut sorry. down. Uh, she didn't make the team, but it wasn't because she wasn't good enough. She was better than people who made the team. But she didn't make. She she pretty much didn't make the team because she was a girl. And that's that's sexist. That's all it boils down to is being sexist. And now to keep, to keep it light. No, two thousand six in Carter, Georgia. Sexism. That that's that's the way of life. Come on now. That, well, that's true. That's a little far fetched. But at the same time, let me tell you this: to keep it to keep it airy. Okay. Yes, I understand that you were born a male and you want to you want to compete in a female sport because you see an advantage. But I feel like there's so much more to that because take Caitlyn Jenner, who was Bruce Jenner, okay? Bruce Jenner played many sports, and he was many times a gold medalist or a medalist in the Olympics, right? Okay? He's come out now as Caitlyn Jenner. She has come out now as Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Well, excuse me. The non-binary term is they have came out to be K-Jenner. That's the correct way. You know what? That's so grammatically incorrect, though, because they is referring to a group of people. But sorry, but sorry, I'm not trying to shit on the non-binary people because there's a conversation we're going to have on this podcast about the use of the word female on Saturday about yeah. how about how we are taking definitions of words and making it what we want it to make what it to be for us and it's like no words have definitions if you don't like the definition of the word you find a new fucking word you don't change the definition for you but no. conversation for another day that is um but i also feel like and i don't want to evade the situation but i feel like being being who you are and and the last stimulus package that was Presented, you could sponsor an American for a dollar and twenty-three cents a day. That's six hundred dollars. Dollar and twenty-three cents a day is six hundred dollars. Come on, but they sent these monies over to have gender studies of the male and female because the United States itself is still on on the outreach of what is a male, what is a female, why does a male want to be a female? Like they still don't understand the psychology behind it. They don't. They don't understand. It. They're still ignorant in that fact. But going back to the sports, I feel like that. If you decide to be a female, okay, and you take on a female role or you take on a male role, whatever you choose is whatever you choose. Yes, there might be some some potentially enhancements, 
But at the same time, if you choose to come out as who you are and the society that you've grown up in, you should be scrutinized for that. And it might have some backlashes as far as winning competitions or as far as breaking records, like world records. This guy, excuse me, this young lady um, is transgender and they won the couple medals in the weightlifting competition. Yeah, the, the, um, uh, the young lady from New Zealand. There you go. Yes, yes. Now, she looks like a brick show house put together. She does. Pardon my friends. This is everybody's opinion. Man, I got nah, like, nah, she, if, if, if she was a he, she would still be a big motherfucker. I'm talking about I wouldn't want to catch myself in a dark alley with this guy or this lady. No, no, no. I'm going to need my 40 cal and make sure I get out of there. Oh, uh, uh, basically, yes. But no. I mean, I'd like to have her on my side because that's protection, number one. Uh, and number two, that ain't going to happen. But I feel like if they choose to be whoever they want to be, let them be whoever they want to be. Yes, there might be some potential downfalls. But at the same time, I think that rules needed to be mended. Rules needed to be changed on how they can evolve in the society with the different sports. So I don't feel like they shouldn't be involved and I don't feel like they shouldn't be involved. I feel like rules need to be changed, rules need to be mended to accommodate everyone. I, I like that approach because for one, life isn't fair, sports isn't fair, and guess what shit happens. So you 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 deal with the hand that you're dealt and that that's I mean, that's just life. And if you look at I'm sure you've been in, in, in situations in your life in your 26, 27 years where you've showed up and you're like, you know what? There's nothing I can do to win today, even if I'm better than the, my competition. Like, I'm not going to win because of the situation I'm in. And sometimes that happened. I think that we look we look so much to create a life that is fair and we don't teach, we don't teach ourselves, our children, how to overcome adversity and and win in situations that aren't fair. But let me tell you, Josh, this has been fucking great. This has been amazing. I'm so happy you came on the pod today. It's and awesome. it's not gonna be the last time. Like, and I don't say this to every guest. Like, you know, sometimes they say, Hey, yeah, you come on, you talk your piece. We've enjoyed what you've had to say, but I've enjoyed this conversation. I've learned today, and I hope that the listeners learn from this conversation. But I definitely want to bring you back. And as certain topics come across my phone, my brain, I want to bring those topics to you because as somebody who expressed the interest in coming here, and unlike a lot of my guests, you were early. A lot of these motherfuckers be late as hell, and they piss me off. But it, it, it is what it is. You were early. You were ready to go. You were dressed to the nines, and I had, mm -hmm. I had, I was, we were late because I had to go do a wardrobe change. <laughs> you brought the drip out tonight. I got to make sure I'm right. So I really yeah, appreciate it. Good. I've appreciated this conversation. Next time, next time I'm in the Ville, we definitely got to get up. We can go to the cigar bar with Dylan Strong and Todd Dean, and we can smoke up a cigar. <laughs> um, we'll enjoy yeah. some brandy, of course. Oh, absolutely. You goddamn right. Is there anything else that you want to put out here before we go? Um, I, I just want to touch base on, on everything again. I mean, Social Peace Society is not only for the LGBTQ plus community. We're a community that involves everybody. We care for everybody. We are a base.
LGBT community plus, LGBTQ plus, excuse me, and non-binary. Um, but we are an advocate. We're a voice for everybody to be heard. Um, just like I said, everybody has a voice. They might not know how to use it now, but we can navigate you and put you in the right direction where you need to go. So if you guys have any questions, any questions at all, I don't care if it's negative. I don't care if it's positive. I don't care what it is. Just reach out to me and I'll be happy to assist you and navigate you on the way that you need to go. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. I'm going to make sure I put the link to the Facebook page in all of the, all the content I put out for from this podcast. I'm going to awesome. close this out. Don't hang up yet. I'm going to remove you from the stream, but don't hang up, okay? Because we're going to have a quick right. little, little, little chop it up um, after, after I'm done closing out the show. So, yeah, I have my guy Josh on, man, and he talked about the Social Pizza Society. And here's what I want to let all of my listeners know, man. This is a place to where anybody can come and talk about anything. I am an open vessel for you all. I want to help you elevate your voice. So don't ever think that there's a topic that I'm afraid to talk about. Because I'm going to tell you, Big Baby will talk about any and everything on this platform, man. Again, shout out to Josh Collins. Shout out to the Social Peaches Society, man. This is one of my favorite podcasts that I've ever done. I've done shit close to 150 of them. So thanks to him. And I hope you all enjoy this. Like, subscribe, comment, all of that stuff. You know, give me the interactions. Boost, the, boost, boost this podcast. Share. Do everything to let people know that we're out here doing great things. Big baby. Yeah.